driving in the car. This is a behind the scenes look at uh, what just the monster you just fought was the dragon, the young green dragon, Venom Fang. Um, so just to catch everybody up in case uh, anybody else is listening to this, uh, we have finally, um, after playing two side backstories, um, one for uh, Brachus, our Dragonborn, that took us about five sessions, and um, then we played one session backstory for Miles, the Barbarian, um, and uh, as you can listen in the other podcasts, we've caught up. We are now transitioning from Lost Minds of Phandelver to Horde of the Dragon Queen. I will be DMing the first three chapters of Horde of the Dragon Queen. Um, how, and then I will pass the torch and we'll switch places, and I will be the player, and Nathan will be the um, DM, GM, whatever. Um, and what we've got going on is that although we did the backstory for Brachus, we're not going to introduce him till later. And right now we're going to keep it as just three party members, which is going to be, uh, we substituted Aaron, our noble fighter, for a noble barbarian um, instead, which is Miles. And then we have returning Timna and Onan. So those are the three characters that Nathan is playing. And... Um, to start him off, it's been 18 months later, Phandalin has grown and um, to three times its size, and everything's doing well there. Timna is uh, planning a trip to down to the Sea Family in Greenest, um, but while they're planning this, and she gets the heroes of Phandalin together, or the guardians of Phandalin together, um, to invite them on this trip and start planning for it. They get a message that there is a dragon and problems up in the Thunder Tree. They've already been told about Thunder Tree, and they've known that Rydoth, the druid, was up there. Um, and they were, it was an option for them during the Lost Minds of Phandelver to go up and see him. So I'm not going to get into all that story in this one. This one is basically just about the young green dragon that's up there. So um, in the Lost Minds of Phandelver, this dragon is a is supposed to be a bit of a secret or a surprise. And in the Lost Minds of Phandelver, they go up to Thunder Tree to find out information, either they need to find out where Wave Echo Cave is, because in the original camp, Lost Minds of Phandelver, it's supposed to be hidden, or they're supposed to be finding where Cragmaw Castle is so that they can uh, rescue Gundren Rockseeker, who is in Cragmaw Castle, and they don't know the location of that either. So an option for them is to go up and talk to Rydoth. Um, the druid who has been guarding and protecting the Thunder Tree. Um, it was skipped in... Uh, I know it's it's been skipped in at least one of the playthroughs that I've heard of. Or maybe two of them, actually. 
Um, Thunder Tree is pretty far out of the way. It does take three to four days on foot to get there. Um, depending whether or not you go by the road or go across country. So it's not common for people to go up there. There's other ways to get that information from um, where Cragmaw Castle is or where Wave Echo Cave is. Um, you can get that information other ways. So it's I think it's often skipped by people, but it is a pretty neat idea. It's, it's kind of an outdoor dungeon with all of these buildings, um, these ruined buildings acting as rooms rather than um, a typical dungeon would be. So you have no idea that a dragon is up there usually. Um, but since we're entering Horde of the Dragon Queen, I went ahead and told Nathan that there was a dragon up there, partially to motivate his characters to go up and know that this is a threat to Phandalin. Um, if this dragon, if they end up leaving and this dragon is just a few days away, this dragon could come down to Phandalin um, and wreak some havoc. So um, I think they have, for the sake of Phandalin, um, answered that call, and rightly so. Um, so they went up, and these are three level five characters that each have at least one magical item each. Um, so that's like, they've, they've each got like a plus one weapon to them, and some pretty good stats. Um, we have, we don't really have any weak characters on our team, and we play them really smart because we've done some research. So. Uh, this was, according to the D&D Beyond Builder, uh, Encounter Builder, the three of them, this should have been a, a very a deadly, and maybe even very deadly, encounter against a CR-8 young green dragon. 136 HP, has triple melee attack, and his other weapon is a, um, a gas poison gas breath weapon that does about um, 45 damage to each person whenever it recharges. It's got a 1 in 3 chance of recharging. Um, and as the battle went, it took about, I think it only took maybe 5 rounds. It did take us 2 hours to do the battle. And uh, Nathan was able to handle it quite well. He pulled all of his stops out. And uh, this dragon, I even... Um, I felt like I added some things to him, but it was all things that were within the Dungeon Master's, like, or the Monster Manual. Which So these were all still canon, pretty much. Um, and we did, I played it pretty straight. Um, where the Young Green Dragon... Um, I gave him only one layer action instead of three, and the other ones were much worse. Um, where there's a layer action every round, there's one layer action at the top of the round, basically, on a 20. It's as if the layer rolls a 20 initiative. Um, I only gave it one because I figured he was a young green dragon. Maybe he's not as powerful as the ancient, you know, an ancient green dragon and an adult green dragon and a young green dragon 
uh, as far as I can tell, all have the same layer actions. So I didn't feel that was fair. I think an ancient green dragon or a, an adult green dragon should have more influence over their layers and therefore have more actions. So I only did one. And it does say specifically that you can't do the same layer action twice in a row. There must be different layer actions, uh, which can make for a pretty interesting combat. So if you ever fight an older green dragon, that'll be some things that happen differently. Um, also, what I did is I did choose, I figured, after I figured out that um, I made a mistake as I was uh, preparing for this, and I thought that his breath weapon was a dexterity saving throw rather than a constitution saving throw. And with a dexterity saving throw, Timna and, uh, is gonna have a lot better because her dex is a lot better than her constitution. And Miles is also going to uh, have advantage on dexterity saving throws because of his danger sense. And with Onan being, uh, having resistance to poison, I'm like, man, this breath weapon is always gonna do half, and in some cases only do quarter damage to these characters. Um, and that's supposed to be his, uh, and as the battle turned out, his breath weapon was the only thing that did any damage because Nathan's ACs are so high that his melee attacks weren't even landing. Um, and when they did land, and if they did land, they wouldn't have probably done a ton of damage anyway. Um, although they're strong, they, uh, they probably would have been either cut in half by Milo's resistant, raging resistance, um, or their poison effect. His teeth, his bite was the only thing that actually had poison on it. His claws didn't have any poison. Um, but Onan would have been able to take half damage from that. Um, but his bite was worse than his claws. Anyway, I was thinking to myself, oh wow, they're going to be able to walk all over this dragon. And the point of a dragon encounter, especially his first dragon encounter, is that this is supposed to be terrifying. And this is supposed to be a really hard battle where you might die. Um, so... I needed to actually make this dragon a little stronger, and that's why I went ahead for at least giving it some layer action. In our story, the dragon's been there for at least a year or longer. Uh, it's been there probably for two years, actually, or close to two years, because he would have been there just before the Lost Minds of Fandelver campaign began. So, he would have been there for at least a year and a half. So he's able to exert his magical influence and get that layer action. Also, um, as a variant, according to the Monster Manual, dragons can be innate spellcasters. And so you use this formula to find out, um, it uses its charisma as its casting modifier, uh, just like a sorcerer would, or a bard would, um, like a sorcerer, basically like a sorcerer, where their innate charisma is their spellcasting modifier. They're basically sorcerers. Um, but they only get spells equal to their... Um, it's a formula. So he's a CR8 character. So it's only one-third of a CR. So 
Unfortunately, if he had been a CR 9 character, we got three spells, but then he only got two because of CR 8, and you always round down in Dungeons & Dragons. You always round down everything in Dungeons & Dragons. So, we round it down, and he only gets two spells, but it tells it doesn't tell me what spells they are. It only tells me that he can cast each spell once a day. So, he has no spell slots, no chance to rejuvenate them. It's basically one spell, or these two spells once a day, and then I could pick anything. Um, oh, up to level two. He only got to go up to level two, also. Um, level two spells. So, had he been level nine, he would have gotten three level three spells. At least I think that's the way it was. So I chose for him the spell Shield because I, um, I looked at him and I said I'm only going to choose spells that are reactions or bonus actions because right now this dragon has no reactions other than opportunity attacks, and he has no bonus actions um, other than the normal ones or like movement speed, you know, where he could dash or something. Well, no, that's not a bonus action. Um, he has no bonus actions. So I said, I need to give him something that can be a reaction or a bonus action because I don't want a spell that's going to take place during his action round because that would be way too much because it would he's got a triple hit. If he does a single spell, all of a sudden now he doesn't get to use his triple attack. Or if he uses a single spell, now he doesn't get to use his breath weapon. So... To make him more versatile, I wanted him to have something. And so the ones that I found uh, from, um, like, Lost Minds of Fandelver, the the mage, the, uh, what was it? I was, uh, I gave her, the cleric had, oh, no, the cleric and the goth, I think. Both had, or maybe it was the flaming skull, had the spell shield. Shield is a great spell where all of a sudden it's a reaction. You're about to get hit, and then you can add plus five to your AC. So you can see that hit. If someone hits you and just barely gets over your AC, use the spell Shield to throw up um, this magical shield and negate that hit. But if you know that they're got, if they've maxed out your AC by more than five, like let's say they they rolled something really high, like a 27 or something, and you're AC is just 18. Well, that's so high that your shield's not going to help. Don't waste the spell. Just take the damage. Um, so he ended up using that during battle, and it saved him 10 damage. But but that was basically it. Nathan was just doing 10 damage, you know, about each hit on him. So 30 with 136 damage, you can guess it took Nathan about 10 hits. Well, maybe, yeah, um... 10 hits, 10, 11 hits, um, or more. Eh, maybe, it, let's, let's, let's go with 12 hits to kill this dragon. It took 12 hits to kill this dragon from Milo and Onan and Timna um, when they didn't miss. Now, Milo was able to do three attacks around, and um, that is when he wasn't being charmed by the, the layer action, the fog coming up, which by the way is straight out of the manual also. This fog, it's basically, it specifically says the fog causes a charm spell to, co to overcome them. Um, I think I probably could have played that even harder by the charm spell causing his, well, we did look into that a little bit, um, but the charm spell could have 
caused my uh, miles to not have a rage but the problem is I was looking at it very closely of um, if miles took damage then his rage would end but uh, as long as he could take damage or do damage in a full round of combat his rage didn't end so sometimes he would take damage because of the breath weapon for instance and then he would get charmed and then he would get out of the charm and be able to attack and so his rage would continue so he didn't he didn't end up having to use two rages there um he only had to use one which is good because now miles has three more rages left so anyway um so getting back to the dragon the dragon had plus seven to its claw attacks and its bite attacks. Plus seven. Plus seven. And we still were not, he still could not hit your characters with plus seven as an as a bonus, attack bonus to hit. Plus seven. That's crazy to me that he, I think he landed maybe one attack um, out of the five rounds, basically. Um, but other than that, it was combat was pretty sweet. Timna actually wasn't able to do much. Um, that was surprising to me that at this higher level, uh, she if she doesn't get in that kind of assassination, you know, or sneak attack or whatever, she's basically one hit and then that's it. You know, she she get in there. During the Lost Minds of Phandelver, she was hitting big, and I think that's probably normal for a rogue to hit big early on, but then as you get to the higher levels, they've got to sneak around and be more um, outside of big combat like this, um, be able to do things. Also, she wasn't able to use any of her poison, which she probably would have used, but this was a green poisonous dragon, and poison wouldn't have done anything to this it didn't it had complete immunity to poison not resistance immunity so poison would have been a complete waste on this green dragon um so she would basically each round run up if she could hit it hit it but then she didn't do anything and just basically retreat it back um where onan actually shined by having out spiritual weapon as a bonus action and spiritual guardian um, early on. And then he could attack with his hammer. All uh, big deals because Miles was constantly being charmed and therefore couldn't get off his attacks either. Um, and Onan, Onan like, was, had just such a high AC. It's almost like Onan could have killed this dragon by himself basically because he had resistance to poison crazy high ac and then his spells just supported him so well uh, being able to cast spiritual weapon at third level and being able to catch spiritual guardian which is third level spell those were the big ones um he was able to do a lot of damage with all of that um so um Let's see. And then the, the dragon couldn't hit him. The dragon just couldn't couldn't land any blows on his armor. So, okay, let's see. What else? Oh, this dragon is named, in. Uh, he is named in the book Venom Fang. 
Venom Fang. The book doesn't give you any way of playing Venom Fang. Um, in the Lost Minds of Fandelver, all it says is that uh, Rydoth says he wants the dragon gone, and you are supposed to go drive off the dragon. And if you can get half of its hit points to go away, the dragon will just fly off harmlessly, not wanting to fight anymore and not wanting to risk death. Um, and that's all that they tell you. And then Rydoth gives you the information that you need in Lost Minds of Fandelver. Um, obviously, I've added and changed things around a little bit. Um, so, to make more of a story, and I haven't done that. I will say that uh, from a YouTube video, I got... Uh, this guy saying you need, uh, and he got it actually from a Reddit also, um, play the dragon as a lying, um, deceptor, which is straight out of the hand, uh, straight out of the monster manual that these green dragons are supposed to be the most deceptive. So you play him as a deceiver and they recommended saying that act like he the dragon is really paranoid and that he's worried about his sister and that his sister drove him out of his old lair and was trying to kill him and that his uh the spiders outside were the sister's minions now it does say specifically in the book uh lost minds of fandelver that there are two dead spiders giant spiders outside of this tower um, and there's not supposed to be any layer actions because the dragon just moved in in Lost Minds of Fandelver, the, the, the way you're supposed to play it. Um, but what this YouTube video recommended is him lying about his sister and then um, asking for a map and then say, sending them on a quest to go kill the sister and then he will be happy to leave and return back to his original lair if he can, they can get rid of her. Um, and so if the party members then give the map, he sneaks up to the map and they are now all supposed to be in range of his breath weapon. And then he uses his breath weapon on them, uh, to kill them. And there, the goal is that they're supposed to be afraid. And then also in the video, they do recommend have Rydoth come in and save them in some way from this dragon if they don't run away on their own. Um, that's what they recommend. That's what he recommended and how to play Lost Minds of Fandelver. So if you ever want to play that, that's a I, I really do like that a lot. Um, and I did that. Only I did it even one step further. Of the places full of fog and rubble, so it's uh, there were parts of it that I said were rough terrain, and then there is a platform that wraps around one-third or yeah one-third of the tower on the second story Nathan went up onto that platform and basically got himself cornered um and I'm thinking to myself now he can't run away because the dragon then comes out he does the map thing but the dragon is completely blocking the stairs and it's 10 feet up so I was it gives Nathan the option if you want to run away, you need to jump down into the fog and risk taking a D6 of bludgeoning damage um, 
because you're jumping down and a, 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 a fall from 10 feet would be a d6 of bludgeoning damage and it would be um, what else um, man that would have been good in battle if I would have had the dragon push Onan off the platform instead of attacking him just try and push him off as one of the three attack actions that would have been really good uh, then Onan could have at least gotten out of there and he would have stopped hitting with hammer. Then the dragon could have focused on the other two people. Um, because Onan was there near the edge. So they could have done a strength versus strength check. That would have been fun. Um, but I know that these combats go so fast that you really don't have much time. You need to make every move count. So, um, anyway... That's what is there. I did the exact same treasure that is from the Lost Mines of Fandelver. Um, all of it was the same. The axe was the same. This this plus one battle axe. That is actually supposed to be all rusty. And therefore the dragon has not taken much interest in the battle axe because it's uh, rusty. But it is a plus one battle axe that's called Hugh. And it has a name Hugh. It was made by a dwarf specifically to cut wood with and so that's why um as a battle axe it gets max damage whenever it's swung at a plant or wood when it hits of course so you don't have to roll a d8 you just get eight if you're swinging it one-handed or if you're swinging it two-handed you just automatically get a 10 on the die if you're swinging it two-handed um if you're trying to cut wood oh no you would get an 11 because it's a plus one. So you would get an 11 or a nine automatically, um, which would be max damage, plus whatever your modifiers are for strength. You know, that's pretty sweet. Um, assuming you have proficiency with that weapon. So there you go. There is Venom Fang. Um, I had other plans, which I'm not gonna reveal different ways that this battle could have gone um i was i was prepared um i was really satisfied with how it went i love battles that come down to the the wire uh venom fangs in our six five to six rounds of combat venom fang was able to get his breath weapon off right there in the beginning as like kind of a surprise round and then it recharged two more times the last time it recharged he was down to 12 hp and it was his turn so he knew that he wouldn't, he couldn't hit all of the characters from his current vantage point. So he went ahead and he moved back and that gave Onan and Miles an opportunity attack. And I love that, um, that they could see what he was about to do. He was about to blast them with his breath weapon, which was the most effective weapon he had against them. As he is like looking all bloody and gnarled. I, I, and so it's basically giving Nathan the opportunity to be a hero at the last second and he had to land both opportunity attacks and he did stopping the breath weapon because otherwise Timna would have definitely gone down at least and then we kind of calculated out that um, Miles and Onan would have been able to stay up but just barely um, and then the dragon probably would have escaped and used his movement action to fly away 
uh, or at least fly up in the air somewhat because he did have to move some, use some of his movement to move backwards, but he would have also used some movement to fly away. Um, he did have a, uh, a spell. His second spell was called Zephyr Strike. And I really could have used that, but I liked giving the battle this opportunity to basically come down to the wire of you better land these attacks because if you don't land these attacks he's gonna attack you and kill you um had i used that spell called zephyr strike he would have been able to move without getting opportunity attacks on him and he would have been able to to add more damage to his attack and then fly away for sure um I didn't want to rob Nathan of that because I felt like that's what that, but that is specifically why I gave him that spell, Zephyr Strike. I didn't want to rob Nathan of the fact that he was doing really good in this combat and this dragon was near death. Um, and so I wanted Nathan to have the, the, the satisfaction of his, his characters were indeed able to, from a cornered position, trapped up on a platform, able to fight back against the dragon and its lair and come out victorious. Um, now, granted, they were at full everything, basically. Timna had lost, like, what, like three hit points or something like that? Four or five hit points, maybe? Um, but that was it. Otherwise, they were at full everything coming at this dragon. Um, and they were able to succeed. And I didn't pull any punches either, other than maybe not using the spell that I had chosen um, that would have allowed this dragon to get off his breath weapon and then fly away. But um, I will share that in a, another podcast, what might have happened then. Um, but I think that's enough about the dragon. So enjoy that. Uh, I don't think there's anything else to share there. So his whole thing about his sister was a complete lie. Um, and uh, he shared some other information too um, that was designed to be manipulative as well. And that will come in. And I was really happy that that came up because I wanted some place to put that information to help sow the seeds of doubt and deceit um, amongst his characters. And that was the, the Rydoth information where he says that Rydoth is a plant necromancer working with those blights that you attacked and feeding, you know, uh, that tree. So obviously this dragon is not with the blights and is not with Rydoth. Um, or at least that's what he's saying, at least, uh, causing deception and deceit amongst them and confusion and chaos. So, uh, yeah, I will share that once we're out. I'll, I'll do a whole podcast on all the backstory of Thunder Tree and everything that was going on there. But right now, um, Nathan is still in the thick of it. So I'm just going to release this because I wanted to release about what is going on um, with this dragon. And so you'd have a little opportunity to see behind the scenes of what was going on with this dragon. So, yeah. Yeah.